Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, After having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and you are listening in for season five, where we have been starting off each month with a different young woman sharing her faith story and allowing her the space to ask some tough questions about God and Christianity. And so this month, we reintroduced my special friend and former co-host, Doc Marr from the Netherlands. Doc Marr and I had a discussion about what's changed in her life since first appearing on this podcast back in April of 2021. You may remember the conversations we had with guests talking through questions about God's existence, the origins of life, rules or guidelines of living according to the Bible, and of course, the gospel. This month, Doc Marr updated us with some significant life changes that have happened in the past few months, including what's been a deepening curiosity regarding faith. She's wrestling with questions about taking a leap of faith uh, to come to Christ. And so if you haven't already, I highly recommend you go and check out that first episode with Doc Marr and hear more of her story. You can also listen to the last um, few episodes, including last week's episode where guest Phoenix Hayes shared some powerful as well as culturally controversial things related to identity. That was a beautiful and bold conversation, and you can find that along with other things at findingsomethingreal.com, things like free resources and occasional blog posts, how you can get more involved with this program by supporting us through Patreon or advertising, and ways to connect. All of that can be found at findingsomethingreal.com. Also, we are ramping up our season six co-host recruitment endeavors, which means If you or someone you know is a young woman between the ages of 17 to 25 and you have some questions about God or Christianity that you would be willing to talk about on a podcast, hey, would you reach out to me? You can find out more info again at findingsomethingreal.com or send me a DM over Instagram at Janelle underscore M underscore Wood. You can also look that up just by typing in finding something real. I would love to hear from you. I am very thankful for the girls that I've already talked with for season six, and I can't wait to see who else joins us for those monthly conversations. If you join us, your conversations and your questions will curate the topics we cover in season six next year, so please reach out. Also, one final thought on that, friend. I often hear from older Christians who listen to this podcast, and if that's you, I'm guessing you know someone someone who is questioning or searching in regards to faith. And most of the young women I talk with on this podcast are either girls that I've already invested in relationally, or they are girls who've been loved on by another Christian who has sent them my way. Not only is this a place to explore questions, but it's also a safe place to build bridges between those who share differing beliefs. So Christians, I'm talking to you right now. Please share this podcast invitation with someone you love, and thanks so much in advance for that. Back on today's show, uh, practically cr- kicking and screaming here, is Doc Mar. <laughs> Doc Mar, yay, you came and you showed up. I'm so happy. I know. Maybe you're not. I don't know. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you for having me. For the listeners, I wasn't planning on coming on, and Janelle Gill tripped me into coming. <laughs> well, in my defense. No, I- it's okay. It's okay. If I didn't want to come, I wouldn't have come. So she cannot really guilt I, me. I know. This. See, I know you're Dutch and I know you can handle me like, you know, p- 
putting a little pressure on you. And I also know that I just talked to you an hour ago and you were kind of on the fence about coming. So I had to like put a little pressure on, right? Just a little bit. Yeah, all right. Okay, yeah. About an hour ago, we had a little Bible study, which was really cool because you shared something with me. Are you willing to share that on the podcast right now? What happened? What you did? Yeah. Um, I went to church last week. I have not went to church since I was maybe, let's go with 12. So it's been a couple of years. I'm 21 now. So I went to church and um, we read about the uh, about Matthew, like uh, yeah, Matthew, uh, like a verse of Matthew. I don't know which one exactly. And uh, then Janelle and I started doing Bible study, and we were reading that part of Matthew, <laughs> which uh, yeah, I don't know. Janelle was uh, convinced that it had something to do with Jesus. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, first of all, so just to like sum that up, um, you haven't been to church for at least 10 years, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, you you want to tell the listener about the bet that you made uh, with God or the, the arrangement yeah, sure. you made with him? Yeah, because I found <laughs> that really interesting. Um, I went to a place uh, on Saturday night close to the church and I was because I'm sick I usually go horse riding on Sunday morning so I'm like not really ready to invest that time in something else just yet um and well it was really close to the church and because I'm sick I cannot do that anyway so I basically didn't have anything to do on Sunday morning so I kind of was like Emma should I go should I not go I don't know and then I kind of made up a bet with myself and with God, like, you know, if you're real and you want me to go, just make sure I wake up before nine so I have time to get ready. And I have not gotten up at nine in probably at least three weeks. <laughs> but sure enough, I woke up before nine, so I went to church. And what was it like? It was good. It was good. There were, I really liked that they were talking about um, like the actual implemental part of the Bible. So the sermon was about uh, stress in your day-to-day life and what the Bible and Jesus say about that. So they really go on about how, um, about how the, stress parts like how why you shouldn't stress too much and stuff like that in your day-to-day life and they really pulled the bible into that which i like and then fast forward to today when we had already planned for a week to meet for bible study today before this conversation and i get a text from you saying by the way i don't feel good today because you've been having stomach issues and i know it's not getting better right now and uh, i don't feel good emotionally or physically so i'm just going to show up kind of as a shell kind of something along those lines um and i'm like come as you are and after i texted you back i was like you know instead of reading john today maybe we should read i think it's matthew 11 where jesus talks about come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and i will give you rest and so we, we read in John, or I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 11, we talked about John the Baptist, which we've been reading about in John. And then we jumped down to that. And you're like, normally I ask you what stood out to you. And you said, well, let me tell you which one stood out to me, that particular verse. And I'm like, that's the verse that I was like honing in on. And it was so cool because then you're like, because the pastor talked about it yesterday, Janelle. <laughs> so funny uh because uh since you were out here in july visiting um you had found a church that you wanted to check out but you weren't sure when or if that was going to happen and i just am just praising god that you you did that doc mar because i know that was a huge step for you to go to a church all by yourself to be around people you didn't know especially when you're not feeling good um i just think uh it's beautiful and i'm so 
happy for you. And I'm super excited for today's guest that we have here today. He's a pastor, and I met him at the Cross-Examin Instructors Academy, aka the Apologetics Conference that I attended this past summer. He has the best accent, uh, but when I asked him where he was from, to be honest, it was a country I've rarely heard of, which shows my geography knowledge. Um, I'm so grateful he agreed to be on the podcast today, and I am going to butcher his name much like I butcher yours, Dakmar. His name is Dubois Detroit. Thank you so much for being here today, Dubois. Welcome. That's awesome to reconnect. <laughs> Did I pronounce your name okay? Yeah, yeah, now you sounded very professional. Oh, wow. Okay, well, we'll go with that. So how would you pronounce it? <laughs> how do you pronounce it? So if you, if you want to sound posh, you say Dubois du Toit. Okay. Uh, if you just want to sound South African, you just say Dubois de Toy. <laughs> du Toit. So there's no T at the end. Du Toit. No, there's okay. a T, but it's a silent T. Yeah. It's a silent T. Oh, okay, so I got that part yeah. wrong. But yeah. other it's, than it's, that. It literally, literally translates to um, from, the, from the bush, from the roof. So okay. There's two surnames. Yeah, now, but I, I don't know if that means anything. Now, before we we pressed record, I thought it was really interesting because Doc Mark came on and reluctantly. And uh, <laughs> it was really kind of fun because you're from Nambia. Pronounce it for me. Nambia? Namibia. Namibia. Namibia, yeah. Which is in Africa, correct? Yeah, it's just, north, just north, uh, northwest of South Africa. Okay. And you guys started talking the same language, which I, I don't even understand. So tell me a little bit. <laughs> is your, your country is, was formerly Dutch? Is that what it was? Yeah. So, so the, the Dutch colonized the Cape and um, uh, uh, they called it Kitchen Dutch. So it was um, the, the, the plebs started speaking this offshoot of Dutch. And uh, it later, it's a, it's a very young language. It's actually just a bit over 100 years old, officially. So, um, yeah, so we can understand each other. If she, if she speaks slowly enough, I can understand. I think she can understand me a bit better. That's, that is so cool and so crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Dubois, <laughs> tell us a little bit more about you, where you're from. Are you originally from uh, Namibia? Okay, just tell us a little bit more about you. <laughs> yeah. I was um, I was born in South Africa, and uh, I lived there most of my life. We've only um, uh, I married in 2012, and um, just after I finished my studies, um, becoming a pastor, and then um, we moved around twice. And then because my wife was in Namibia, and her parents are still here, where we live here in Vintuk. It's the it's the biggest city in, in Namibia. Um, we we easily got in Amiens domicile. So um, yeah, we've been here for five years, and uh, we've got a boy he's four years old now and uh mm. my grandparents it's their only grandchild you know so he's getting spoiled rotten we just have to <laughs> have to intervene from time to time but yeah it's it's awesome living here it's a, a beautiful country we've got um i think some of the best landscapes uh, a variety of landscapes uh, in most other countries as well so um we we, we enjoy living here mm. wow now, is it culturally Christian there? Is it odd to be a Christian pastor, or are there lots of Christian pastors around? Yeah, no, it's a it's a very Christian country, um, like I think most African countries are. Um, there was a uh, especially um, up until about so so it was a very it was a German colony originally Namibia, um, where South Africa was uh, first a Dutch colony and then an English colony and then it got decolonized. Um, but but Christianity was um, was a big part of of um, the formation of the country. Um, the, the 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 people that settled everywhere were, also, were always Christians, and um, the the local people, uh, what you would call the the first first nation people, they they they've been Christianized. Um, uh, I think uh, among the among the native people here, that um, Christianity is growing rapidly. Um, Especially when you go up into Middle Africa, Middle Africa and, and, and North Africa. So yeah, no, it's it's a thoroughly um, uh, Christian country, uh, culturally Christian. You know, um, always the, the the big thing about really living out as disciples um, versus uh, um, just self-identifying as a Christian. I think that's mostly the problem with 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 Western countries. Mm. Did you grow up Christian then? You said you grew up in South Africa. I don't, again, showing my ignorance. I don't know how far that is from where you are right now. Um, 
tell me about your own faith journey. Yeah, so it's, it's about uh, 1,400 kilometers, do you know kilometers, um, uh, away from, from... You're just going to show how ignorant I really am. <laughs> how many miles is that? What is... Yeah, but it's, that's almost that's almost a thousand miles, about nine hundred and something okay. um, miles uh, w- um, from where I, I basically got my my um, my uh, um, rational faculties um, in in Stellenbosch. It's it's near Cape Town. Um, so so yeah, I, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, we've 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 always gone to church. Um, my parents were um, very. Um, invested in in really teaching us about jesus and and they were both teachers my mother is still a teacher my father actually um when he was 38 he went uh, into study ministry as well and and he's been a minister for uh, well a pastor for for 12 13 years now mm-hmm. and um i got the calling um to to uh, yeah that's a bit christianese but um <laughs> i i, I, I I experienced a, a kind of a calling when I was 17 years old to go into ministry. Um, that was about two months after I had um, an experience of repentance. Uh, and, and it's a funny thing for, for someone that grew up Christian um, to get to a point where you look in the mirror and you, you feel, well, well, this is this is not the guy I've always uh, thought myself to be. I, I, I got involved with a bunch of wrong, fr- uh, bad friends, you know, um, Really getting you into to habits and, and doing stuff that um, that that wasn't part of, of how I was raised, and um, uh, and after um, something specific that happened, um, I I had a talk with my dad and he led me through this this repentance experience and and I really had the um, I, I, I always see that as as the 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 day that it was the twelfth of February two thousand and five, um, the day that I really gave my life to the Lord decided to live for him and um and two months after that got the call to go into ministry always told myself i will do anything but go into ministry and you know i think god took that as a challenge and um and and i never looked back since you know it's it's um i've been a pastor now for 12 years and um it's it's really been an awesome experience wow tell us a little bit about your ministry and how did you end up at an apologetics conference in the middle of america this summer yeah yeah um yeah so so uh, in my um, my con- my denomination is the dutch reform de- denomination and um since 2000 the early 2000s um a, 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 a slow liberal drift has started to seep into the church first starting with the authority of scripture you know um emphasizing emphasizing the human character of the bible over the the inspired character of the bible um, uh, and and I went I went into to um, uh, the studying theology in 2000 and, um, 2007 just after I finished high school. So so that's been going on for about four or five years. Um, and then uh, I went to uh, while I was in seminary, I went through a crisis of faith because of and I mean I I, I saw myself as a born again Christian with a with a strong relationship with God. Uh, with Jesus, and um, in my second year in, in university, I went through a crisis of faith because of this 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 liberal theology they've been teaching us, um, basically uh, um, questioning the authority of the Bible, uh, questioning the historicity, questioning a lot of those stuff. And um, and I mean, it was these very smart uh, professors that told you this stuff, and you were just a, a young kid um, out of uh, just fresh out of high school, and and so a lot of that stuff started seeping into my my faith life. And I, I really um, uh, thought, well, maybe this wasn't for me. Maybe this wasn't what I what I thought. But but my dad went through the same thing four years earlier than me because uh, we were um, at the same faculty about two years uh, apart, four years apart. And um, and he, he really kept me on the track. And he, he went through a bunch of stuff with me and gave me some stuff to read. And um, so, so I, I made it through. And... Um, uh, I, I've always had this love for apologetics, um, defending the faith. We had a lot of this kind of discussions when I was still in high school. And, um, apologetics was was looked down upon when I got to university. You know, um, the whole thing about being certain and and and, and having answers to questions and stuff. Um, so so um, that that got a bit sidetracked. And um, when I um, so so I, I felt a bit adrift 
when I was um, a young pastor, uh, maybe for the first five or six years. And um, uh, when I got to Namibia five years ago, um, I really got into to, to leadership stuff. Um, so, so for two years, that's all I read, leadership stuff. And, um, and, and I thought, well, this is going to be my ministry, you know, um, empowering people and, and, and helping people to become ministers, uh, um, um, leaders. And, and you know, um, uh, we were also involved in, in um, working with uh, organization uh, leadership and stuff like that. And then um, I, I can't remember what happened. I think it was uh, that in 2019, uh, our church uh, made a, made a decision to allow each individual congregation to decide how they are going to handle the the, the homosexuality question. Mm. Um, so so they basically said we're not going to have a stance on this. Each congregation decides for themselves. Basically, um, moving the the status quo from you have to be celibate if you want to be a minister or or uh, an elder um, and you you have same sex attraction to now it's fine you can you can have a relationship um and um and that's that's when when i had this realization that um you know this is this has become mainstream in my own denomination um where three or four or five years ago it was you know really just talked about in universities and stuff and i i realized i'm 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 thoroughly unprepared to tackle this on a congregational level and that's when i got into um listening to Elisa Childress podcast, started listening to Greg Kokel, uh, and then I started listening to Frank Turek. And um, um, I, I, I've, I've got a bit of a perfectionistic streak in me, so I had to listen <laughs> everything from the first episode on to the, to the, to the latest one. And uh, it took me about, well, six or seven months, and I got to, to, to Frank speaking about the, the CIA conference. And I was like, well, well this, is, this is early next year. I, I, can, I can apply for this, you know, and I... And I and it's like, what's the chance this is going to happen? It's only 60 people and it's about 20,000 miles away, you know. Um, so I took a chance and I sent the email. I filled in the application forms and I heard back from, from Phoenix. And um, yeah, and, and, and I got the funding on this side uh, and, and everything. Uh, Dagmar, I also made a deal with God. You know, if, if he wants me to be there, he's going to make this happen because it's going to be a lot of time and it's going to be a lot of money. And the things just fell in place, you know, and, and, and I, I I, I could go and, it, and that's how I ended up there. Mm. Wow. Any thoughts on his journey there, Dagmar? I just think it's cool. He made a bet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's kind of crazy. The Dutch connection here that I didn't even know existed. Um, mm. Yeah. Well, that that's amazing. That's an amazing story of God's faithfulness in your life. And mm. um yeah, I'm really glad you're here today. I, when I was thinking about what should we talk about, like the final questions, this is the last episode with Doc Mar for a while. We're trying to get a bonus episode scheduled. We'll see if that happens, but that won't be for a while anyway. <laughs> so Dubois, you pastor a church where I'm sure you have uh, congregants who have doubts, they have questions about faith, or maybe uh, you've had encounters with people who are questioning or on the fence. Um, what's a story in scripture that you share, um, something that compels you towards the love of Jesus or uh, the invitation of Christ? Mm. Um, maybe, maybe I'll just say this, that um, usually when, when people open up to me and tell me that they, you know, they've got doubts and a lot of the stuff doesn't make sense. Um, one of the, scriptures that that really help with it in that regard is is always act 17 um where paul spoke to the athenians um at the areopagus and basically telling them that that um and and i think augustine uh, said it very good he, he said the heart is restless until it finds rest in god you know and that whole thing that paul said um that that god made us for himself and because of that, we will always be searching for that something that transcends this human experience. We call it God um, because because we've we've we're in a relationship with Him. But but everybody's so I just tell them you know if if you have this if you have this drive that 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 you question and and you um, and and you doubt you know but 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 it's just something that you can't let go of. 
um, I always point them to that. You know, it's 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 just because God has made you for Him. You know, He wants to be in a relationship with you, and and it's okay if we if we if we t- sometimes struggle to 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 find Him. Um, uh, Paul also said, uh, even if we um, have to to search in the dark, you know, that's that's the thing. So so yeah, so Act seventeen is always a is always a great verse for me just to, to hook onto. You know, this is not a unique experience. Um, uh, it actually, it's, it, it happens a lot in Scripture. In terms of a story in the Bible that, that always draws me to Jesus, it's that um, I heard you guys are busy in John. Um, it's the very last part of John. Um, I think it's John 20, 22 or 23. Let me just check. Uh, where where uh, everything basically uh, around the crucifixion has died down. And um, uh, John... 22, John 21. Yeah, um, John 21, where um, Jesus is basically uh, appears on the beach when the disciples went out to fish. And it's, it's almost like the story comes full circle. Uh, the first time he met this bunch of disciples, they were fishing. Um, and, he, and he met them on the beach. And... Um, uh, they didn't catch anything he t- told them to to go out again and throw it on the other side and then they caught more than they can handle the same thing happens here and after that peter realizes this is jesus now this is the same peter that just a few chapters before that had denied jesus three times um basically all his disciples deserted him um and he had to go through that amazingly excruciating experience all by himself um, even being um, deserted by god at a point um on the cross so Jesus basically calls to them. They, uh, are, and, and I think why this, this, um, this story draws me in is because I can really picture it. You know, this, this early morning on the beach, the disciples just coming in from their fishing expedition. And when they got to, um, got to the beach, they saw Jesus sitting there. He's got a fire ready. He made some fish and he's got a, a loaf of bread there. And he just sits there and he, and he, and, and, and he enjoys a breakfast on the beach with his disciples. And then, um, you think, well, yeah, this is this is going to be a nice ending to the whole Jesus story and John. But then Jesus starts out of the blue, starts speaking to Peter, um, and 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 I and I always because I feel in my life, maybe it's the same for most Christians, but but I truly feel in my life there's there's a lot of times where I I let Jesus down, um, where where I do stuff that 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 doesn't speak of of good discipleship. And so I really see myself in 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 Peter's place there next to Jesus on the beach, you know, having having breakfast. And then Jesus asks Peter three times, um, Peter, do you love me? Do you really love me? Do you love me more than them, uh, these guys sitting here? And then every time Peter answers him and every time Jesus asks him again, do you love me? Um, you can see Peter realizing what's happening. Um, uh he denied Jesus. Jesus is busy restoring him. Jesus, Jesus is reaching out a hand. Jesus is, um, Jesus is picking up the broken pieces, um, and and he's he's making he's making Peter whole again. He's restoring his his apostolic um, authority. Um, he's telling him, "You've got work to do. You can't wallow in this guilt." Um, and I forgive you. You know. So so that I think that is that is one of the one of the stories that. Always, uh, always makes me a bit uh, teary when I, when I, when I, bunch of times when I've read the the part in church and stuff. Um, but because I can see myself in that situation, uh, speaking to Jesus, um, Jesus telling me, "Stop wallowing in guilt. Uh, you've got work to do. I've already carried the the punishment for this wrongs that you have done. Um, you know, I accept your apology. I forgive you. Now let's go forward. Yeah." yeah i mean it is a really compelling story i was kind of like zoning out and remembering like some of the apologetic stuff that um i learned while i was in the united states Janelle likes to listen to audiobooks in the car when we went on the road trip i had to listen to frank turk's book i was going to that conference And there's also you, you had a captive audience, so you couldn't let it right. go. 
<laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> what did you What did you pull out of those uh, those apologetic things? Mostly the stuff about the reasons why it doesn't make sense that the Bible wouldn't be real. Mm. So, like, um, people would be severely punished, even though, uh, like, people would be severely punished for writing stuff like that or talking about stuff like that, and they still did it. So that doesn't make sense if you don't really believe something is true. Mm. Yeah. I was thinking while he was talking about how just a couple, was it last week or two weeks ago, we were reading in John, I think John 7 or John 8, and you, you stopped and you were like, but I, I believed in God when I was younger, and then I walked away. Remember you sharing that with me? And then mm-hmm. do you remember what we talked about? Yeah, I do. We talked about how um, if you come to Christ, if it's once or multiple times in your life, he will always accept you mm-hmm. because he wants you to be there with him. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about the difference between Judas and Peter. I don't know if we actually talked about that story, but I thought that was pretty cool that Dubois here just mentioned the story of Jesus restoring Peter because we just talked about it a week ago. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And also, if I, I can just say, say something on that line. Um, and, and that's Peter. Peter is, is, is a really interesting character in scripture. Um, he's the, he's the guy that, that, that gives the declaration about Jesus's identity and then Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church. You know, it's, just, it's this amazing character. And, and, and constantly he is, he, he's, forgetting, he's forgetting his apostolic office. He's forgetting um, in, in, in Galatians chapter 2, Paul actually has to re- reprimand Peter because he's, um, he's isolating himself from the Gentiles, only eating with the Jews again. So, so, so in terms of um, what Dagmar just said, constantly Peter has to be reminded I've repented. Um, I can always go back to Jesus. He'll always take me back again, you know. And I just, I just have to keep at it. And that's a bit different from from, from Paul, who had this one amazing uh, experience on the road to Damascus, and he's never looked back. You know. So I think there's, uh, you've, you've got these two different kinds of Christians. The one that's just there's a clean break and it's just onward, and then this 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 other one, you know, like like Peter is just like. You have to be reminded, you know, and and you have to be reminded of Jesus's love and Jesus's forgiveness, and you know, and and, and he, he just maybe sends people or a podcast or something. You have to just just to, just to be, um, yeah, just to be reminded again that that that's okay. Yeah, and I love that it doesn't matter which. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he loves you the same. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a question about that. Oh, I know. Dubai, what do you think was the difference between Judas and Peter? And do you think if Judas had come to Jesus after he betrayed him, that he would have still been accepted? Um, The difference between them in terms of the aftermath of what they did, or in terms of how how they approached Jesus from the start, yeah, I guess um, the aftermath, uh, because they both had shame and guilt. Peter ran away yeah. initially, but then he came back. Mm-hmm. Judas left and allowed the shame and the guilt to overtake him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because because um, they were both pretty the same beforehand. Um, I think both of them had had an idea of who Jesus is going to be and what he's going to do. And um, it wasn't necessarily uh, what, 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 what Jesus came to do. So, so both of them had, had, had this wrong idea. Jesus actually says to Peter at a stage, um, get behind me, Satan, because, because you know, you're not on board with what, what, 
my father has tasked me to do. So um, both of them beforehand were basically uh, going in the same direction. So I would say the difference afterwards. Sure. I haven't really thought about it like this. Because Peter, well, yeah, and it says that Peter, Peter wept. He went out and he, and he wept uh, profusely. Um, it, it, was, it was thoroughly destroyed because of the shame and the guilt. Um, Judas tried to return the, the silver, and when the priest didn't accept it, he went and he, and he hanged himself. Um, I'm sorry, I don't have an answer. It's, it's a very intriguing question. Yeah. Um, do, do you have a few pointers? Well, I just feel like if Judas had turned to Jesus, that of course he would have accepted him. You know, I look at the thief on the cross and mm-hmm. um, I, I think Jesus knew that that wasn't going to happen because he says, I think at the supper, right, that one had been, uh, you know, he knew what was going to happen to Judas. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I think the only difference was the the lack of repentance to Christ. You know, I think that that... Uh, that, that Jesus, throughout the scriptures, God is calling us to come. And I was just telling that to Doc Moore today. You know, the I was at um, a church uh, up in Bellingham, which is about four hours north of here, up near Canada, um, this weekend. And the pastor, he was talking about the invitation to come and uh, how the final invitation is at the, bo- the back of the Bible in Revelation, where it says, let him who has ears, you know, hear, and, mm. um, and then, you know, come Lord Jesus. It's always an invitation of mm. love um, from God. And, I, and when we do accept that invitation, there's that turning of, I'm, I'm turning from these other things, and I'm coming to you, and I don't know how I'm going to turn from these other things without the love of you, yeah. but it's the love that transforms us. Um, I think, yeah. I think also the depth of the relationship before um, doing something terrible that, that would drive you to guilt and shame um, plays a, a role as well. Uh, they say about Judas, he was, you, you know, he had his fingers in the, in the money pocket, you know, so he, I think he was there for different reasons. Than, than maybe someone like Peter or um, the other guys were. Uh, especially if you look at, at someone's life like David. I mean, David committed adultery and murder. Um, and he, he also had an, this, this amazing... Um, uh, I mean, he stayed on his stomach for, for four days when he heard that you know, God was going to, to, to kill his, his unborn son um, because of what he did. Um, and when, when um, Nathan came to him, you know, he, he, he was distraught. But he had this amazing depth of relationship with God. And I think that got him over this shame and guilt into uh, renewed faith, renewed walking with God. And I think it's the same with Peter. Um, Peter was one of the, one of the three that, that were really the closest to Jesus. So it, uh, I wouldn't say it was easier, but I think he, he, he was able to, he was able to trust Jesus more in terms of um, being able to forgive him for what he did than someone like Judas was, because Jesus had Judas didn't have that depth of the relationship with Jesus. Um, uh, yeah, I think maybe that plays a role as well. Yeah, it, it, it will. It will in my life. If if um, um, when I was younger, I, I took a lot longer to to trust God with with you know forgiveness and and um, just getting me on track again than, than now because I've got a, a, a much deeper relationship with him than I did when I was younger. Mm. Well, speaking of uh, God doing things that we don't understand, uh, like David's son, how do we trust a God who sometimes... we Doc Moore and I were just reading in Matthew 11, before it says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. It's John the Baptist who was in prison, sending his disciples to Jesus saying, are you the one who was to come or should we expect somebody else? John had a wonderful relationship with Jesus. He had that depth of knowledge of him. He was his cousin. He baptized him. He saw the spirit descend like a dove, right? I mean, he had this intimate relationship. Jesus is on the earth doing amazing, incredible things. The savior of the the world 
John is thrown into prison. Um, Doc Mar, uh, you know, spoiler alert, she doesn't know how the story ends, but not in the best way for John. Uh, <laughs> how can we trust a God who allows stuff that's hard in our lives? How do you, how do you reconcile that? Um, I was just listening to actually to a podcast yesterday on my ride home. Um, Unbelievable with Justin Brierley. Are you familiar with that podcast? I love it. Uh, that's a really good apologetics one. It, they have people from different uh, worldviews. No. He's out of the UK. Okay. Um, but they were p- two people mm. who professed to love Jesus, but were saying God would never allow this kind of stuff, stuff that's actually in the Bible, uh, you know. And so mm-hmm. God does allow things that yeah. are hard. How, how do we trust him even when he allows those things? Yeah, so um, we actually did a, a series on um, and God and evil uh, in the beginning of the year. And it was really, it was a very hard <laughs> series to do. Um, one of the, I think one of the, um, the things I put into the, one of the sermons that, that, that really helped me with in this regard was um, a pastor friend of mine um, that's got the congregation, yeah, the congregation um, in Swakop Munt. So it's just about three, three, four hours drive from here. Um, he, he struggled with cancer for 10 years. He had about 98, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? The Stralings, um, um, chemos, 98 times he went for chemotherapy. Um, and it, it was extremely hard on him and hard on his family. And, um, after a while, he, he started, um, almost like a, a Facebook ministry where he, we would speak about his experiences and, um, and speak to other people with, with the same kind of experiences. And this, this one uh, specific uh, post he, he put on was uh, just a month or two before he, he died. Um, and he said that, and he spoke like, like, you know, this is something that, that, that people that struggle with cancer um, can relate to uh, that's that's he said you know we cancer warriors we know this to be true you know so he spoke like that and he said that 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 these kinds of experiences really uh, where people usually think well this would this would be the kind of thing that really breaks my faith he said that for him and the people that that he knows that's going to do the same thing it really strengthened their faith they looked at life differently because they knew every moment was special um, they, uh, they said, he also said like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's almost as if, um, they've already passed some kind of test that the rest of us that don't struggle with these kind of things will, will, will not, will not, we won't know what, what, what they are speaking about because, you know, so, um, I think what we, what we, what we do when, when we, when we struggle with, with the bad things that happen in this world and, and we blame God for it is um, it's because we, I think C.S. Lewis also uh, put it like this. It's, it's, it's because we, we were made for a different kind of world. You know, the yearning for a place that's without suffering, without corruption, without lies, without, you know, all those things we yearn for a world like that. Um, and, and that desire for him, for C.S. Lewis was, was the sign that we, we were made for a world where that was, the truth you know it's it's um we yearn for heaven um and 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 um so paul speaks in in, in romans um, 8 about um the glory of the life to come that will overshadow anything we go through in this life so there's a lot of people that that I mean, uh, Tertullian said that the blood of the martyrs were the seed of the church. There's people that that died gruesome deaths, um, trusting in God. There's people that's been marginalized, people that's been hunted, people that's been um, uh, ostracized out of society. You know, um, worse than 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 anything most of us um, will go through in our lifetimes. And those people still trusted God. You know, and and, and we have to ask ourselves why why. Um, why, when we get confronted with maybe, um, you know, the evil in this world, our first impulse is to, to say, well, maybe then God does not exist. Is, is, is it because we think that God's supposed to protect us from all these things and, and 
shelter us and 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 provide health, wealth, and happiness. You know, is is God supposed to to sort out everything in our lives? Um, if you listen to to most of these big theologians, like the guys like R.C. Sproul, um, C.S. Lewis, you've got N.T. Wright. Um, he, he wrote the book um, Surprised by Suffering. Um, all of them uh, has gone through some sort of suffering in their own lives, and all of them will say that um, that that they won't trade that experience for anything, because it's deepened their relationship with God. It's put a greater calling on their lives. On, on, towards the end of that series we did on on God and suffering, one or other time in each Christian's life, the calling on your life from God will be to suffer in one form or another. You know, not not for the sake of suffering, but because of something that God wants to do through that. Um, I always go to um, one Peter four verse um, eighteen. Emboldens me that whatever happens, um, you know, I can still honor God through that. Um, and I think it was, I think it was um, Clay Jones. Uh, I'll end off with this. Clay Jones that said, uh, if you, if you just keep this in perspective, in the perspective of, of eternity, he said that eternity will dwarf all earthly suffering to insignificance. Um, so we we are when when suffering drives us away from god i think we forget the perspective of of you know there's a, there's an there's 50 60 70 years on this earth and then there's an eternity with god um the third chapter of the first the third verse of amazing grace um uh where, where we sing uh, when we've been there ten thousand years bright shining as the sun we've no less days to sing your praise than when we first begun i always ask the people that 10,000 years down the line, are you really still going to be hung up about what happened in 2020? Mm. Um, you know, as bad as anything that's happened to you might be, do you think in 10,000 years time in the presence of God, you're still going to be hung up on, on something that happens in 2020? Just to keep a perspective, you know, not to trivialize anything we go through, but 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 just to keep that eternal perspective in mind. Hmm. Well, Jack Meyer, what are your thoughts on what he just shared? I spoke a lot. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you did. You did. But that's good. <laughs> I don't mind. Most of the people who come on here do. <laughs> <laughs> and so does Janelle. So it's okay. <laughs> um, I guess my main thoughts about it are also that, um, well, first off, I agree with you. Like, it's, it is... Like, if you put it in that perspective, I mean, it all seems a lot less big, I guess, the stuff that you go through. But then, um, also, I like to think that um, when people of faith go through something that's hard, they don't, add, they don't just scream and say, God, no, how dare you? They say, God, why? Meaning that they do believe that he has a plan and that they might not understand it, but that they still trust him enough to ask him why instead of just pushing him away. Mm. And that has to have a reason too. Uh, one of the, one of the, the best stories in the Bible that, that illustrates this, and I think Louis Giglio did a, a sermon on this once, um, is the story of Joseph where he got uh, thrown into a pit, betrayed by his brothers, sold off to Egyptian slavers, uh, taken to Potiphar's uh, house. Amazing worker, you know, rises through the ranks, and then the wife tries to sleep with him. The husband throws him in jail. He's in there for years, three years, um, helps two guys out. Well, the one guy didn't make it, but the other guy did. And um, the guy forgets about him. And then... You know, it's, I think I think um, he's, he was in Egypt for it was about 11, 11 to fourteen years that that you know it went from bad to worse for this guy, and um, eventually God raises him out of there and, and he becomes second in charge in Egypt and um, and eventually saves a nation from hunger um, because of the visions that God gave him. And um, you know, so so that that also just helps helps with the perspective. Is um, I think most of the time we ask why, uh, 
and I mean, it's it's because we're human. Uh, I, I won't deny anybody the chance to ask why. I think it it, it helps with 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 working through it. But um, we've got these little snapshots, and that's all we see. And um, now this happens, and now this happens, and now this happens. And um, looking back, I think most people look back on their lives and they look at these snapshots, and then ah. You know that's why that happened, or that's why that had to had to happen. I'm a not, I'm a lot better place now, and I, I understand a lot better now. I think if we trust God, um, it's fine to ask why, um, but I think it's it's a, a Bobby that wrote the book Bobby Conway about um, doubting towards God, not away from Him. I think that's what you just said, Dagmar. Um, it's it's if, if 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 we trust Him because He's working on on a much larger scale than this little snapshots of our lives we can see, um, then. I think that, that will give us the, the endurance to, to go through those kinds of experiences and come out on the other side with a stronger relationship instead of a weaker one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dubois, we just have a couple more minutes here, but if someone comes to you and they say, I know I'm a sinner. Um, I, <laughs> I, I kind of believe this God stuff. Uh, I'm on the fence. Uh, how do you share what's so special about Jesus Christ with that person? And um, how would you encourage them? Um, one, of the, one of the central texts for me about what Jesus did is um, in Philippians 2, uh, verse 5 to 11. So, so I think I'd begin there um, to, to tell them what, what, what Jesus the, the, the kind of God Jesus um, is, um, it's it's uh, like Philippians 2 verse, from verse 5 to 11 that says, um, uh, let me just get it here. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant. And then the whole story about um, him being... Uh, um, um, my English is failing right. me now. <laughs> uh, um, listening to God, what do you, what do you call that again? Um, obedient. Mm. Um, him being obedient unto death, you know, and, and, and the whole thing about him being able not to have to go through all of that, but he did because of his love for us. Um, and... Um, and I think that's 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 the central thing for me is is Jesus did not have to go through that. Um, he says, "No one takes my life; I lay it down by my own accord." Um, he did not have to do it, even when he was going to the cross. He said, "If if I call on my Father, He will send angel armies to come and rescue me." He did not have to do it, but because of His love for us, and because of of realizing that if He does not do this, um, because of the righteousness of the Father. Every one of us are going to hell um, for eternity. Um, so, so grace. If if you understand grace, um, I don't think there's 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 any reason why why you would not want to to have a relationship with God. Um, uh, Jesus having uh, borne the punishment for our sins and um, and set us free. To, to love him, to, to live a life according to his will, and then uh, the Holy Spirit walking a path of, of sanctification, of, of becoming holy, and then eventually um, God the Father uh, saving us from the proximity of sin, uh, the, the, the reality of sin. And, and yeah, so, so, so that's, that's, that's what made me really uh, uh, commit to following Christ, because I understand what he did for me. And, and the whole fact that he didn't have to do that, but, but because he loved me um, and because he knew what's going to happen if he didn't go through it. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. that's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to a sermon by Tim Keller yesterday that I just shared on Instagram in my stories today. I'll link it in the show notes. Uh, it was the most oh, so beautiful. You know, when you listen to a sermon that just uh, encapsulates something beautiful about Jesus and what he did. And this one, it was just a real simple name, like uh, how to live as a servant or something. And it was about the mm. ransom that Jesus paid 
to free the captives, mm. you know, that when somebody pays a ransom, it's an exchange, a cost for the person who pays it in exchange for the freedom of someone else. And mm. he, he mm. Went, on, went on to talk about uh, that means that you and I are in captivity. We're in captivity to sin. Mm. We're in bondage to these different things. Um, and then relationship with him is an outpouring of our gratitude because we realize what he's done for us. And it was just, oh my gosh, I was crying. It was so powerful. My kids mm. thought I was weird. They probably, like you, Duckmar, probably like she, there's something weird about her. I don't know. Uh, she talks too much. But um, it was, I was like pausing it. Do you understand what this means? What Jesus did for you? <laughs> my eight-year-old and my 11-year-old are like, uh, <laughs> sure, mom. Um, anyway, we have one final question here. But before we get to that, Duckmar, do you have any final thoughts or questions? Uh, no, not right now. I don't. Uh, the Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Real is an acronym for those things. So restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Of those gifts that we can receive in relationship with Jesus Christ, of course, there's many others, but of those four, restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love, which one stands out to you the most in your life right now and why? I think the whole concept of of um, the life hereafter, uh, eternity. Um, I went through. So I'm I'm a bit of a Peter. I don't know if you realize. Uh, I've, I, I, I've I've got this ups and downs in my life. Um, I went through a, an existential crisis about three or four years ago, and um, I was absolutely terrified of of dying. Um, like mortified. Uh, what if there's nothing after death? Um, what if it's what if heaven's gonna be boring? Um, what if you know it's it's not like the Bible told us? Um, uh, and and it was it was uh, it was excruciating going through that experience. And um, a friend sent me um, a clip of Tim Keller, <laughs> uh, where, yeah, where he spoke about uh, uh, he basically spoke about. Um, well, discipleship, and um, in the suggestions box, just beside that was a, um, a sermon from uh, N.T. Wright about after you believe. It's one of the books that he's written, and in that book, he he, he touched on the whole idea of of eternity. That um, what we what we do on earth in terms of um, sanctification um, is is training for what our lives in heaven is going to be like one day and um and so, so that wet my appetite a bit and I, I saw he wrote another book uh surprised by hope and the whole book is just about the biblical view of what heaven is going to be like and um and that 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 got me excited to go there one day um, to the point that it's it's um, disturbing my wife um, <laughs> if I tell her, well, I'm looking forward to this. You know, <laughs> I can't wait to get there. You know, it's gonna it's gotta happen soon. It, Fifty years is a long time. Um, you know, so, so so the whole the whole thing about about eternity. I, I I think if I think the old Christian the old Christian thing only makes sense. Uh, if, if eternity is in play. Um, if Jesus did everything he did and everything in the Bible um, is, is, is left just like that, but everything about the life you're after is excluded, there's no point. Um, there's no point that Jesus had to die on a cross. You know, there's, there's no point for believing in God. There's, there's, there's no point if, if, if we aren't going to be with him after we die, um, if there's nothing after death. You know, so... so um, Keeping the eternity in, in, in view the whole time with everything I do, um, speaking to people, preaching, doing my ministry, um, that, that's, that's, for me, that's the driving force. And I think that, that also encapsulates the other three words, you know, restoration, um, authenticity, love, um, because that's the, that's the vehicle um, that, that drives us towards mm. that, that, um, that future. So, so yeah, long-winded way to say eternity. 
That was a really good answer. Dr. Mar, what did you think? I also think that it was a really good answer. <laughs> yeah. Dubois and Dakmar, thank you both for being here. Um, it gave me a lot to think about. Dakmar, I hope it gave you some things to think about too. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting young women to join me as they share their personal stories and ask honest questions or share objections to the Christian faith. We hope to feature a different story each month and then invite Christian guests on to share from their own journeys and experiences and maybe answer some of those questions in follow-up episodes. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that. But if you're curious at all at whether there's something real to be found in Jesus, I invite you to come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.